You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 92. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should do. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people that's you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. It's awesome, awesome, awesome to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in to the Best in Wealth podcast. Today's episode is diversification means always having to say you're sorry. And we are in a season right now, a season of behavioral finance, a season that will save your investing life. I promise you that. And we're going through 10 rules from the Laws of Wealth, a book by Daniel Crosby, so we can keep our behavior, our emotions in check to be better investors and hopefully better people along the way. Now, we'll get into that topic in just a minute. But man, I am absolutely fired up today. And let me tell you why. We just kicked off season number three at my kids' elementary school called All Pro Dads. We do a chapter at the school that me and my daughter started uh over two years ago. And it's great because dads, kids, we get together, drink coffee, have donuts, talk about a topic, and then get our kids off to class. So if this sounds like something that you'd like to get going in your school, please go to allprodads.com. Excuse me, I think it's just allprodad.com or just Google that. You'll get to All Pro Dads Day. There are hundreds of chapters around the United States, and it's great. And today, we talked about respect. And every month when I do one of these all-pro-dad chapters, I like to tie in whatever we talked about in my meeting this morning with our podcast today. And we talked to the kids about respecting, and you know, the basic stuff, like respecting your parents and your teachers, etc. But We also talked about respect and seeing the value in all people, even if they're even if they're different than you. I mean, respect is a choice and it has to do with showing a deep appreciation for the thoughts and talents of others. I mean, we know we are showing respect to those around us when we can be or remain friends with someone, even if we disagree on something. We watched this cool video that was done by Coke and they put a Coke machine with a video camera in India and the same in Pakistan so that people in Pakistan could see the people that were in India in front of the machine and they could actually both put their hands up to the screens. It was very powerful. India and Pakistan, they haven't gotten along. They've been fighting forever. But this video was so 
cool watching them make face-to-face connections and to see how similar they really are instead of all this fighting thinking they're so different. It was a super cool experiment. And we went on to talk to the kids about if they're having difficulty, you know, difficulties with somebody in class to have a conversation with them, to hear their side of the story and to learn more about them so they can find a mutual respect in each other and learn that they are more similar than they are different. So somehow by the end of this show, I'm going to try and tie this whole respect thing with diversification. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Diversification means always having to say you're sorry. Like I said at the beginning, we are in the middle of Dr. Daniel Crosby's book, The Laws of Wealth, and we're on one of the last laws. We just have a couple to go, and he always starts out each chapter with a quote, and today's quote was from Walt Disney. And Walt Disney once said, I suppose my formula for success might be Dream, diversify, and never miss an angle. Let's back up for a second before we talk about this diversification. Let's think about the Fortune 400, the richest people in the world. People on that list come from all different walks of life. Oprah's on that list. She started from nothing. Donald Trump is on that list. He came into a a fortune very young in age. There aren't a lot of similarities between these people, but they do, at least most of them. They all have one thing in common. And that is that most of them at one point in their life had a concentrated position in one single stock. Think Bill Gates and Microsoft or Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook. I could go on and on. These people, they were not well diversified. And here's the bonus of not being well diversified. You could get very, very, very rich very quickly if you pick the right company to have your concentrated stock position in. Or you could get very poor, very fast. Think about all those people who had all that Wachovia stock. Wachovia Bank was a big chain in the South. And many, many people had concentrated positions. They were getting unbelievable annual dividends every year. And all at once, company goes bankrupt. Those dividends stop. Those gains stops. They go broke. Harry Markovitz in the 60s got the most credit for diversification as he did study after study bringing in diversification and its benefits. He was the father of modern portfolio theory, which is all surrounded upon diversification. So when we think about diversification with our portfolio, think of a, uh, an insurance company. I mean, insurance companies, they collect premiums from thousands and thousands of people. And some of these people are going to get into accidents and the insurance companies need to pay out. 
But the insurance companies, they're okay with having some people have accidents because they've completely diversified their insurance portfolio by having thousands and thousands of people pay premiums. Most of these people, they're not going to need to place a claim. So after paying just a few people, they still have a lot of money left in the bucket. The same thing could be said about your portfolio. If you're highly diversified and a few of the companies go bankrupt, well, you're not going to feel it like you would, not even close, if you had a concentrated position in one company. You won't feel the impact if you're highly diversified. Ben Carlson, he wrote a book, A Wealth of Common Sense. And he said in the book that some investors will regret losing out on huge gains while other investors will regret participating in huge losses. Which regret will wear worse on your emotions? Do you know? I do. Because study after study after study has been done showing that we as human beings, we feel loss twice as bad as we feel gain. Happy times feel great, but they only feel half as good as the bad times feel bad. Being in a concentrated position could make you, and if that concentrated position goes to zero or has a big loss, you will feel that pain so much longer than if your concentrated position goes up as you would feel happy. Let's, let's think about concentration and practice. Some of you may have heard of the lost decade. The lost decade basically says that between the years of 2000 and 2009, the S&P 500, the 500 largest United States companies, they lost on average 1% per year. How devastating is that? You're in the S&P 500 for 10 years and Year after year after year after that 10 years, you lost on average a percent per year. Now, some may think that that isn't a concentrated position because it's 500 companies, not one. But it actually is just one asset class. Compare it to a diversified basket of U.S. companies in countries all across the world. A diversified basket through that same time period, 2000 to 2009, depending on which countries you're in, would have gained you on average almost 7% per year. A incredibly different scenario. But the opposite also occurs. The seven years following the lost decade, the S&P 500 has done better than a diversified bucket of stocks in several different countries. We get diversified because we just don't know. Experts don't know. I don't know. You don't know. We did a whole episode on predictions a couple of episodes ago, and we know like people, they're asked to make predictions. They don't get paid to make the right prediction. They get paid to make a prediction period. We can't time this stuff, but we know we can get highly diversified. And when we talk about diversification, we want to get into bonds too. Think about this for a second. As a diversifier, 
bonds and stocks have not both seen losses, but only three years since 1928. Those years were 1931, 1941, and 1969. These bonds, they're a buffer to your diversification. Bonds, especially short-term bonds, which is what I always put in portfolios, they, they're like an airbag in your car. They're absolutely useless until there's a recession. Then they're your best friend. Just like the airbag is useless. It becomes your best friend if you get in an accident. Same way with bonds in a recession. With only three years, bonds and stocks going down at, at the same time is an incredible buffer within your portfolio bonds. Let's go back to Ben Carlson's book, A Wealth of Common Sense. And let's let's think about diversification and just take a little bit deeper dive into it. So from 1970 to 2014, European stocks averaged 10.5% per year. Pacific stocks averaged 9.5% per year. And U.S. stocks averaged Ten and a half percent per year. So let's take all three of those and blend them equally and rebalance them when necessary. What happens? I already told you ten and a half for Europe, ten and a half for the US, nine and a half for Pacific stocks. But when you put them all together in equal proportions and rebalance them, the average return is ten point eight. It's like a miracle higher than the three groups of stocks that you are in. How in the heck can this happen? Well, one of the reasons is because they are uncorrelated. When we bring uncorrelated assets together, or at least uncorrelated to some degree, you have less variance in the group of stocks that you're in. U.S. stocks from 1970 to 2014, they averaged 10.5%, but only a couple of those years did they actually even come within 2% of the average. Most of the time, they were up by a lot or down by a lot. But if we can smooth out that variance in that average return, we can end up with a higher return. That's your miracle. The other reason is rebalancing. When we rebalance correctly, we're selling winners and buying losers. Selling high, buying low. Let me give you an example of this, this uncorrelation that I'm talking about. Let's say you have, you have two products and you put $100,000 into each product. One of them, or, and then they both averaged 20%. One of them gained 10% one year and 10% the next year. The other product that you bought, the other investment, they lost 20% the first year. In the second year, they gained 40%. So both of them averaged 10% per year. So you think that they would end up with the same amount of money, but it's not true. The one that had the the higher variance, the negative 20 and then plus 40, well, you might have been able to brag to your friends on the plus 40, but you only ended up with 112,000, where the 10% and 10% ended with 121,000, $9,000 difference, and they both had the same average return. One of them just had a variance that was much lower than the other. 
Because think about this. When an investment goes down 50%, you have to go back up 100% to get back to your starting point. Long board asset management, according to the book, did a study on stock lifetime returns. This is the real this is the thing I really want you to to take away from this episode. Long board found they did a a study on lifetime returns of all companies, of all stocks. And they found that 40% of all companies on the publicly traded stock market have lost money through its lifetime. 64% of stocks of companies underperformed the broad market, the broad U.S. or broad world market, leaving only 25% of companies that actually beat a diversified portfolio, 25%. So here's you wanting to get rich quick, or here's me, trying to find the right company where I have over twice the chance of going broke than I do of being rich by selecting that one company. And I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but that just doesn't sound like odds that I, a family steward, want to take. Let's try and tie this whole thing back together. Being highly diversified, it's going to lead to disappointment if you take a narrow view. If you take a narrow view, you will have an endless case of what-ifs in your head. You're going to find companies, you're going to read about companies that have done really, really well, really fast. You'll always be thinking about how you could make an enormous amount of money if only you would have invested more of your money in that particular company. Oftentimes, this is going to lead you at night when you're thinking about the what-if scenarios to be saying to yourself, I'm sorry, over and over again because you're going to read about great companies. But let me tell you, having to say you're sorry to yourself is far better than what you will be saying if you don't diversify. That's the main point of this chapter from Dr. Daniel. I mean, we are family stewards. We are not gamblers. We cannot afford to be gamblers. We are investors. We are in charge of getting our family to reach and gain abundance in all of our cornerstones. Hedge fund manager Cliff Asnes said diversification is the only free lunch. There is no other free lunch in investing. So take advantage of diversification. Make sure you're diversified across all companies, all asset classes, all countries, stocks, bonds, all the different types of bonds, and you will be the investor. You will be invested like a family steward, and that's what all of us need to be. All right, my time is almost up. I've had an unbelievable uh, time with you here for this 20 or 30 minutes. I want you guys to get diversified, and I will see you on the flip side. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.
The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.